Good evening, everybody. Good evening. Good evening. We'll call the meeting of the Liberty County Board of Commissioners to order. Mr. Brown has a meeting in properly advertised. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Where? Oh, David, our friend over there. <laughs> All right, uh, let us stand now. Our prayer and pledge. Ever Henry Frazier Jr. will lead us in our invocation and our pledge. Thank you. That's Frazier for agreeing to do that for us. Let us pray. Father, we honor you again once again for this day that you so richly blessed us all to be a part of. And we thank you because we realize that you didn't have to do it, but you did it anyway. And now that we're here in this one place at this one moment, God, we ask you, even as you have given unto to Noah a divine blueprint, we ask you for that today for our leaders that they might make the right decision, the right choices. And God, that you will lead them, that you will guide them, that this county, that this city will move forward. God, we thank you because we realize it don't have to be like this, but because it is, you're still God and you're still in control. Now bless them, give them wisdom beyond their imagination that they might do that which is justly in your eyesight. We thank you now in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Appreciate your state, even after work, to come do that for us. Um, while I'm thinking about it, Commissioner Walden did indicate that he would not be present today, so we just make note of that uh, in our minutes. So. And, uh, he did not say specifically, but uh, he just said he just needed to take some time, so let's keep him in our prayers today. All right, uh, our minutes from the August meeting need to be approved. Mr. Chairman, I make a motion we approve the minutes from our August 4th meeting. Can you believe it's September? My goodness. <laughs> Is there a second? second? Motion and a second to approve the minutes. <clears throat> okay. I'll make sure I'm doing this right, Mr. Moses, after I heard the class the other night. There's <laughs> 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 been a motion. Both commissioners through that we approve the minutes from August 2nd by Commissioner Stevens. Is there any further discussion? There being none, all in favor, please raise your right hand. Those opposed? August minutes are approved, thank you. Our departmental reports, LCPC is coming before us. Good to see you all. Can we have a variant first? Take this off for a minute. All right, so our, uh, oh, did I do something? No, sure, you're good. Okay. <laughs> uh, so our, uh, our uh, uh, zoning item today is a variance uh, for Mr. Uh, Els Hutchings, uh, the owner. He's requested a side yard setback variance for a shed off of Sunshine Lake Road that's up on uh, Isle of Wight. I'll show you on the map. He's uh, requesting a side setback distance to be reduced <coughs> from 10 feet to 3 feet. Uh, ordinance calls for 10 feet, and he's asking for 3. The slab that the shed is built on has been there for a, a, about 20 years, I'm told. Um, that shed in question has already been constructed. I, will, I have some pictures of it here as well. Uh, this parcel is zoned R2 for single and two-family residential and further described as parcel 24. <coughs> uh, this is in uh, District 1. Uh, here is our public notification, legal ad, and sign. 
so this is where we are way up here. If you look all the way down here is 84, and then there's Isle of Wight coming out of it, uh, all the way up there to Sunshine Lake. Uh, so this is just, you know, a top down <coughs> view. Uh, this is the property in question. So this uh, box here is where the shed is uh, sitting currently. Uh, at its closest point, it comes to about three feet off of the property line against the neighbor here. Uh, as I said before, the ordinance calls for 10 feet. Uh, here are some pictures of the shed. You can see that the structure is already finished. Um, there are also two sheds on the property, with Mr. which uh, Mr. Hutchings has said he's going to uh, remove once this is approved. There is one right here, and then there's one way in the back corner here. Uh, this is just another look on the inside. It's reinforced and everything. Uh, narrative. I am requesting a variance due to a shed being finished. My father had started this shed before he passed away. I am just finishing said shed. There are two other sheds on the property. They are beside this shed. Once this shed is finished, the other two will be consolidated to this new one, and they will be removed from the property. Thank you for your time and consideration on this matter. Uh, so as far <coughs> as our uh, uh, code calls for variance rules, uh, we did not find that there was any extraordinary or exceptional condition to this piece of property. Uh, the application to, of the appendix to this piece of property would cause an undue hardship. We don't think so. Uh, such conditions are not peculiar to this particular piece of property. Uh, relief, if granted, would not cause substantial detriment to the public good. Um, that concrete slab is pre-existing, as I said. Uh, so we took this before the Planning Commission, and they recommended disapproval of this variance. <coughs> um, what was the summary of the discussion at the Planning Commission that led them to? Uh, there is a, the, uh, the, this variance doesn't really meet any of our variance requirements. Mm -hmm. uh, the Planning Commission didn't find that it would uh, cause an undue hardship or that it was uh, peculiar to this piece of property because of how it was shaped or laid out. Mm -hmm. So that was the reasoning for uh, denial. And I did hear you say the slab had been there for some time? Uh, yes, sir. It's been there for some time. Yeah. What was the previous use of the slab? Just a um, slab? I'm not sure. I think there was a shed there a long time ago, but um, Mr. Hutchings is here. He can probably answer that later. Okay. Okay. Mr. Hutchings, if you, come, if you don't mind, please, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, I'm coming to the podium where he is to give sure. you a name for the record. Oh, sorry, Mr. Stevens, I think, is it? Okay. Uh, you, you want me to wait? Yes, yeah. okay, if you don't mind, sir. Okay. <clears throat> All right. The, the, the slab was there. My father put it there with the intentions to do the same thing. What I'm doing now is, is to build this shed and consolidate into one. He failed to do so after many years. His health failed. Um, he passed away uh, two years ago, and, and it was a promise to him before he died that I would finish the shed for him and remove the other two sheds, consolidate everything for him. This is the house that I grew <coughs> up in I've, um, as a child. And I moved away, and when he, you know, he passed away, as he, you know, hospital issues, respiratory failure, mother and father both, they passed away. So, um, like I said, the slab's been there, you know, for over 20 years, right at 20 years. I actually had to dig it up, you know, clean it and everything, uh, remove the dirt off of it and everything, just to, to finish this. There's a lot of time and effort, you know, my sons as well helped build this shit uh, to you know, as a promise to my father to finish it. Okay. Is your question for him, Mr. Uh, <coughs> Stevens, or um, for LCPC? Mr. Chairman, Mr. Brown, what, what year was LCPC established? 
Oh, I'm trying to remember. LCPC was established in 2005. 2005. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, this slab was there before LCPC was established. According to, to yes. Mr. Yes. All right. Okay. 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 <clears throat> um, Mr. Chairman, I got a question for him. Don't mind. All right. Well, Mr. Hutchins? Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, <clears throat> is there any way possible to establish a privacy fence behind this, right close up to it? A, uh, I'm not understanding. Say it <clears throat> is there any way to establish, to build a privacy fence right behind it? Yes. Yes, there is There is a way to put a fence up, a privacy fence as well. And I'm just, I'm just asking the question. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Would you be willing to establish a privacy fence? Uh, I, I believe I spoke to the guy that come out. I believe it was a gentleman, this gentleman, about putting a privacy fence up. Mm -hmm. um, if I needed to do anything as far as getting permits or whatnot, he said there's no permits required for that as long as it's uh, only four <coughs> feet in the front mm -hmm. and six feet on the sides, um, and it can be on the property line. So, um, that's correct. Would there um, any uh, people against the, the request, the parents' request? from uh, one uh, neighbor, the neighbor who is most affected, I, I guess the neighbor who would be three feet, three feet from this new building, mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Duncan Reagan. Uh, I, I talked with him on the phone today. Uh, he, he was concerned about the height of the building. He didn't realize it would be so tall, but you know, once it got there, then, then the, the variance came in. They felt like that it would, it would have a visual impact on their, their property. <coughs> they would like to uh, have some discussion uh, with, the, with the applicant about maybe the color choice because it is in close proximity to their to their house so uh, you know if there could be some conversation between the applicant and them I, I think there could be some uh, resolution with this okay and mr. Um, Hutchins are you open to that too sir absolutely I know mr. Duncan very well I grew up he was my neighbor for since I was a child and uh, I have spoke with him on several occasions and asked him you know if there if there was any issues he has not spoken to me since he said there was no other issues until, you know, uh, I got a stop work notice. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't spoke to him since. Um, I didn't even know that, in fact, that it was an issue. Uh, <coughs> the height of the building is, like I told you, like I told this gentleman here, there are gutters being put on the back of it with rain barrels to recycle the water on the back and uh, privacy fence as well. Um, but I, I will, I, um, I will take uh, any. Uh, I'll let them pick the color out if that's what they want to do. I mean, I don't have a problem with that. That's not a problem. Hardy board is going on it. Hardy board siding, um, because we are on the water, and uh, you know, um, I don't have an issue with them even picking the color out as long as it's not pink. Right? Green in mind. Gotta put green. I had a couple. Yes, ma'am. I don't know if that would be for your LCPC, but. The, the picture here that shows the well and the gas tank, is that on your property or Duncan? Let me see, I can't see the picture. <clears throat> the gas can't, that gas, those are on my property. That well on the backside with the bricks on it, that's yeah. his well. That's, 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 that's it, Duncan's well, yes. Okay. And the one next to it, that building right in front, on next to it, that gray building, mm -hmm. that's my well. How about the, the gas? The gas, tank? the uh, LP gas tanks, those are mine. Those are yours, and it looks like you got a hedge. 
in between the yes, gas. Yes, ma'am. See, there's a hedge in between the LP gas and the water, water tank. already. That's that's already yes yes ma'am. And so I guess Mr. Duncan didn't have a problem back when your dad laid the concrete out, no, knowing that their possibility could be a building <clears throat> built there or shed. Absolutely. So, you know. And they're they're even closer always to hate the fence line than the telling people what they can do with their property because I, you know, as a property owner, I want to do what I want. <laughs> but agree, we have to but, go but by the rules. That was not the intention. So I understand. Know, my, my father had done this, and this is just yeah. a promise to my father. Yeah. You know, is his dying. He already had know. the concrete out. You got a yes, driveway going in there. Yes, you got a hedge on the back of it. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Going to knock down two sheds that yes, probably this one looks better. It, it, it so, you know, I, I don't understand why they mm. disapproved it myself. Yeah. So yeah. It's just, I think it's just an appearance issue that they have. Um, that's the only that your problem. neighbor has. Yes, ma'am. I think it's an appearance issue, but I mean, I'm putting. Well, let them pine trees single. grow on up, and maybe he won't be able to see. It. <laughs> well, they got hedges. They got hedges on the backside. Yeah, actually. yeah. Uh, there is hedges on the outside. Quite, quite high. On the yeah, on there looks like them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Commissioner Gill, you're trying to get in. Okay. Go well, ahead. I, I just had a question, uh, Mr. Chairman, um, Jeff. Um, if you know, are, are there any covenants? Out that way, I mean, is that you know that would um, <clears throat> dictate what color, not what color you can have, but I guess what color you can't have, and the height of it. I, I mean, you know, for him to be willing <clears throat> to uh, to accommodate someone else's yeah. uh, wishes on his own property, and you, you know, like he, I mean, he just said, and I know he's trying to be accommodating uh, that he would let them pick the color. But that's that's not um, a requirement in no shape or form, is it? Yeah, there's no no covenants that I'm aware of that dictate that. But there is a zoning requirement that says he's got to be 10 feet off of the property line. And, and he uh, and he's requesting a variance for that. Mm -hmm. Just and, a variance. And that's and that's what's before us now. Right. Mm -hmm. In defense of the planning commission, they went through your criteria for a variance. I understand. And they didn't find anything exceptional here. Other than the fact that it just didn't mm -hmm. oh and he put they built it there so mm -hmm. they understood that he's got a problem because he's got a building already built and it's mm -hmm. within the setback or it's inside the allowed setback mm -hmm. and, and so but they they felt like they had to stick with your your mm -hmm. guidelines for mm -hmm. a variance and therefore they couldn't <coughs> an approval of it okay that's the process that we have right. to abide by we understand right. you did very well so now that you didn't explain it we heard you very well we heard you very well listen i'm, I'm kind of like my commissioners man it's very rare we find a a, um, a, a citizen who's so willing to accommodate uh, the concerns of their neighbors when really, as uh, Mr. Rickerson just said, there are no requirements that you do so, but, but it, it really um, it's inspiring to hear that you say, hey, whatever it takes to make this work, I want to be a good neighbor willing to do that. <clears throat> but, but as he did bring us back to the point, the point is we're here for the various now. Of course, the county, like any other body, has uh, rules and regulations to follow, and and your your um, stewardship is a little bit too close to the to the property line. But that's the authority of this body to to rule or overrule um, the uh, decision made by the planning commission. So that's where we are right now. So I think we've had ample discussion. So the the chairman will um, entertain a, a motion uh, as it relates to this request. Uh, Mr. Chair. <clears throat> Uh, I'd like to make a motion that we grant 
the permission to the for the utility shed to remain where it's at. And I'm going to also base it on the fact that when the slab was pulled, there was no LCPC guidelines. And uh, also, with the <coughs> gentleman also agreeing to put up a privacy fence uh, and painted any other color than pink. <laughs> uh, I grant that motion. So are you saying that he, he has to put up the fence or is the head just gonna be no, sufficient? Just the fence, you're gonna put a fence up regardless? Okay, I second his motion. Motion a second. Once again, sir, thank you for your willingness yes, to, to go above and beyond. Any further discussion? Just just the fact that I, mm -hmm. on the motion now, we're not going to require Mr. Hutchins to do anything. All we're doing is he, granting the variance right. that he can put it there. Mm -hmm. He can put it there, and he mm -hmm. does not have to do right. Right. anything mm -hmm. other than put it there. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the motion should probably just say that you're going to follow standard conditions. All right. Mm -hmm. Everything else, whatever you work out, so you're willing to do. Mm -hmm. All right. We're good? All in favor? Raise your right hand. <coughs> Just a question, Mr. Mm -hmm. Chairman. Though, mm -hmm. so the motion won't include a privacy fence. That's totally up to is him. Correct. Our motion is not requiring okay. a privacy fence. Okay. Oh, oh, I think all we're doing, Joey, is just granting the variance. The variance mm -hmm. and, and with, which with would standard. allow him mm -hmm. to yes, do sir. that. Yeah. And, and the icing that he put on this cake is totally up to him. Yeah. But now, I did hear him say he was going to do it anyway. Did I hear you right? right. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. okay. That's what I'm saying. Well, that, that's, that's how yeah. he feels right yeah. now. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir, uh, we have one more thing. We have the RV ordinance for you. Mr. Rickardson's going to take over. I believe you should have a copy of that in front of you. Um, uh, Chairman Lovett, I think you have a client uh, with I the do. there. That's the mm -hmm. one you need to sign. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Chairman, members of the board, uh, a month ago I stood before you and, and I reviewed the RV ordinance one more time. We, we've been talking about, about that most of the year, <laughs> and we got it into a final form where you're ready to adopt it. And then uh, I, I advise you under, uh, as a precaution, to go ahead and have one more public hearing. We've already had a public hearing, but just to have another one, uh, just to be sure that we were in, conforming, in, in conformance with uh, the zoning ordinance. So we've advertised the public hearing. It was advertised in the Coastal Courier on August 12th. So. Once you hear the public comment, uh, you're, you're free to adopt this uh, uh, RV ordinance, or I'd be glad to answer any questions that you have about it. Chair, right. entertain a motion to go out of regular session into a public hearing for discussion of the RV ordinance. So moved. Is there a second? second. There's a motion and a second. Let me go into public hearing <clears throat> to discuss to finalize the RV ordinance. <laughs> All in favor? Raise your hand. We're not in the public hearing. Now, the the, the um, advertisement you placed in the Coastal Courier, was there any response, sir? We have not had any phone calls. Okay. Okay. Are, are there, is there anyone in the audience who would like to speak to the uh, proposed RV ordinance that we, that we have before us? One more thousand, two, one thousand, three, one thousand. <laughs> there being none. All right. Chair, entertain a motion to go out of public hearing back in the regular session. So, so moved, Mr. Chair. Second. Second. All in favor? All right. You may proceed, sir. I do have one question. Yes, sir. How long have we been talking about this? <laughs> I think I first presented it to you in February, and then we mm -hmm. kind of 
It's, it's taking a while. I got interrupted by COVID. We did. <clears throat> Maybe that's why it seems so long. I thought I was in about the mm -hmm. third grade, but <laughs> we've been talking All about right. this thing. So, uh, Chair, take a motion. I make a motion we approve the RV ordinance. Second. Second. Approve the RV ordinance as presented, knowing that it may come back to us, and so we'll deal with it at that time. Okay. At least it's a starting point. Thank you, sir, for your diligence in working with this. All, right. All in favor of approving the ordinance as presented tonight, please raise your right hands. Those opposed? All right, sir. Has he started any work down there? On the site? Has the, yeah. Yeah, we've not heard from him since. Uh, I'll make sure we didn't. Run him off. Didn't leave, lose him. Lose, lose him. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would do well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. It's probably a good idea, though. I'm, I'm not sure if you all would do that. Normally, just notify him that the. Uh... Yeah, we have his contact information. Okay. So we can let him know. Okay. All right. I know we passed it. If you don't like Thank it, you. Yeah, fine, I got it. <laughs> all right. New business of Savannah Sailing Center. Mr. Sean Register is coming before us. Looks like and company. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna take this off. It fogs up. That's quite all right. So, um, we want to thank y'all for this opportunity to come in front of y'all tonight. Uh, y'all got great government here. You got great citizens. Liberty County's a great place. And uh, one of the things that uh, you possibly didn't know, you've got the best sailing venue and throughout the entire state of Georgia, on the coast. And people have come from great distances to enjoy those waters of Liberty County, basically down at Sunbury. Mm -hmm. So we want to go through with y'all tonight a presentation, and I want to introduce these two ladies. Uh, they've done a phenomenal job, Carrie Rohde and Debbie Tillman. And these women, for many years, have just been, I call it, great stewards of the community. They've run about... 3,000 plus kids through this sailing organization. And it's uh, no longer Savannah, it's basically Georgia Water Springs. Um, we've been coming there for many years. Maybe some of y'all have been down there when they have the regattas, uh, but it brings a lot of commerce with it, economic development. Uh, moms and dads and other kids stay in hotels, they use restaurants, and they're usually here for two days, sometimes longer. Uh, as this facility starts to grow, we have interest from Atlanta, uh, the other cities in Georgia for high schools and colleges. And so we see it being used much even on a greater scale. So uh, I'll speak again toward the end, but right now I'm going to turn it over to these, these two ladies. Thank you for this opportunity. Yes, sir. Hopefully I can buzz through this pretty quick and, and not bore you too much. <laughs> so um, as Sean said, so currently um, we have been Savannah Sailing Center um, and we are a 501c3. We were the organization that was put together for the 1996 Olympic Games. Initially we were um, the group that ran the games and then afterwards we were set up as a small community sailing center. Um, our mission then, our mission has always been to bring this sport uh, to people that otherwise would not be able to be involved in this sport. Um, 
We currently run a really small lake operation in Lake Mare um, in uh, Savannah. And for it's probably 12 years now, I was going to say 10, but I think it's 12 years, we've been operating high school sailing out of um, Sunbury. The things that we currently do, um, we have a summer catch the wing camp, which is eight to 18 year old kids that come down during the summer um, and a summer guppy camp. And um, basically we teach them, the guppies we teach to be comfortable around the water. Although I will say in the last two years, a lot of those kids actually by the end of the first week are in a boat sailing, um, which has been, um, something that we really didn't expect they would get to that point after a week. Um, we do Saturday <clears throat> lessons, and Saturday lessons are primarily um, adults. However, we have had whole families come down and participate. Um, we do a middle school and elementary program, and that was really kind of spurred on by our summer camp. The kids were having such a great time and learning, and we had parents that were like, gosh, you need to do this all year long and you know, keep this thing going for our younger kids. We have, um, we've always done an, uh, a, uh, a high school program, so it was kind of, we, we, we were missing the whole year of the little ones. And um, so we, we started a middle school, elementary school program, and that's been full for the last several years. Um, we have, open, we have U.S. Sailing Level 1 instructor courses that we um, have at our facility, and mainly that teaches the instructors. Um, a lot of our high school kids, a lot of our college kids go on and take the instructor's course and become, we employ them, become our instructors for the, all the other programs. Um, one of the big things that we do, and actually probably our favorite um, event that we do every year, is a regatta for children with autism. And I kind of, it's, it's funny, every year I think we call it a regatta. It's really not a regatta. It is a day when autistic children and their entire families can come down and, and get on the water. We take them for sales. Our high school kids and our college kids get involved and take them out for sales. And we have an entire um, event that goes on on land as well with all kinds of, of, um, of uh, arts and crafts. And crafts and and things that they can do on shore because some of them aren't as comfortable on the water. It's our way of giving back to that community and, and we get all kinds of feedback from that group, especially from the parents who say, you know, we can't take our autistic children anywhere where somebody's doing something for our entire family. It's usually just for the autistic child and one parent. Um, our high school sailing. So our high school sailing is where Sunbury has really uh, come into play uh, we've run for the last, since 2006, I believe, um, high school sailing out of Sunbury. We've had, you know, uh, probably as many as 31 kids, I think, was the, the busiest year we had, and, and about, usually we run about 25 kids through there every year. High school sailing, the regattas are what is bringing people into Liberty County. When we run, we run two regattas a year, and when we run those regattas, you've got about 150 to 200 people coming to your community, um, where we're needing hotels, you know, places for everybody to eat and things of that sort. We've run two district championships, which have brought people from as far away as the Virgin Islands, the entire state of Florida, 
all the way up to North Carolina coming into our area to participate in our district championships. Um, and in a minute, I'll tell you a little bit more about um, college and high school sailing. So high school sailing, you can see, you know, these are the schools that have been real active up to this point. And locally, we've had SCAD have a team. We've had Savannah State have a team. Georgia Southern currently has a team. Um, and inland, UGA and Georgia Tech also have college sailing teams. This is, a, this is something that goes on across the United States. It's not just in our little area. You can kind of see the green is SESA, and it's high school sailing is set up just like college sailing. So the South Atlantic Interscholastic Sailing Association for high school is the same for college across the country. What we're trying to do, what we've been trying to do for a very long time, is have a home where we can grow other programs. The reason you see Georgia Water Sports Center is we don't want it to just be sailing. We've got so many other things. There's a lot going on in sailing, but we've got so many other things we could be offering a community. Um, STEM education for youth. And I'm, I, there's a little short video at the end of this whole presentation that I don't think is going to work that I was trying to show you. U.S. Sailing has for years had a STEM education program that they've set up. And there are many other places across the country that have set up STEM education for kids where, where you're actually getting into the classroom. You're, you're working with teachers. There's, there's courses that science teachers can take and then incorporate in their classroom and then bring the kids out to a facility to be able to continue STEM education. And it's everything from the wind, speed, and direction to, you know, the angles on a sail being math related. Uh, you know, there's, I think U.S. Sailing has something like 300 modules right now that they're using all across <laughs> the United States. Um, sailing for the disabled has been something we have not been able to do done all over the place and, and really sailing for the disabled and the wounded warrior program kind of gone go hand in hand and that's where they've taken I mean I I've been to many many regattas at many different locations around the United States where I'm walking next to somebody who you know has prosthetic legs and is walking up and can compete just like everybody else um, the boats can be fitted to, you know, you have lifts that lift them into the boat. And once they're in the boat, you know, there's, there's mechanisms that you can give these sailors to be able to participate. So these are all things that we would like to see in our community. We would like to see able to, you know, we would like to be able to provide um, Special Olympic sailing. Special Olympic sailing is done all over the country. You take a high school student and you put them with a, with a, um, a, a, a child that it, most of them are in Special Olympics are Down syndrome, but there are other disabilities as well. I think they're even doing autistic children um, at this point. And there's regattas all over the country, and the kids travel together, and it's, it's just a really, it's a really neat program. Corporate team building, uh, sailboat and kayak rental, boater safety courses, you know, we can go online and take all the boater safety courses we want, but there's nothing really around where people can actually come down and hop in a powerboat and learn. And here, I think it's 
even more important than many other places because of our tidal swing, because we, you know, it's just more difficult to operate a boat with eight feet of water moving every six hours. Um, and there, there isn't, we, we haven't found anything that takes people and, and gives them that education. Um, powerboat operation courses and rowing and crew. And it's, it's funny, usually where you find sailing programs, you find rowing and crew. Because when there's no wind, all, all of the people that enjoy the water are rowing, and when there's wind, they're sailing. So these are the things that we'd like to bring to the community. Okay. So I'm Debbie, and why develop a facility at Sunbury at the public ramp where, where we've been doing this um, for the past 10 plus years? We needed a, a permanent footprint for developing other programs. Could you hold that mic close? I can't quite hear you. I'm sorry. Just Is that better? Bring it over a little bit. I can't. Like there that? you go. Is that better? Good. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. Okay, so doing Savannah Sailing Center in a lake, you can offer certain programs, but you can't expand what you're doing to offer more for people that learn how to sail. Basically, we're teaching learn to sail. So being down at Sunbury, this area is phenomenal for sailing, and I would invite any of you to come down and watch or get on a safety boat with one of us and watch the kids when they sail because it is a lot of fun. Um, not only sailing, but kayak, kayaking and canoeing, rowing, like Carrie said. Um, those are things that some people are doing down in that area, um, but not having a permanent footprint makes a difference. Basically what we do is we load stuff, stuff in cars and vans and bring boats. We do have sailboats down there, but we bring safety boats because you have to have a safety boat on the water whenever you have anybody in any of, <clears throat> of our boats. Um, we want that learning center to be able to do those things. Coming out of the heat, as all of us know here, <laughs> is really nice when it's a hot day. Um, and then the environmental awareness. Our kids every day at camp this summer, from five years old to 18 years old, to our instructors, to myself, go out around that lake and pick up trash. And we teach those different things to the kids because it's important for them to learn that at a very young age. And then we talk to them about what lives in the water and why it does and how good it is. And so they get an environmental awareness, and that's something that's very important to us in the sailing community. It's an unobstructed pathway for the natural sea breeze, so if you've ever been out there at, on that fishing dock in the afternoon, and all of a sudden you see from St. Catharines that sea breeze come across, well, to a sailor, those kids start yelling and hooping and hollering because that's the fun part of sailing. Um, and we need, down there, we need larger boats. You, we can't do Wounded Warrior or adaptive sailing without bigger boats. And you can't do that truly in a lake. Um, easy access to 95, we're in and out of there in a matter of minutes from Richmond Hill to Savannah to Augusta. You go down 95 and 
coming off exit 76, you're right, you're right there. It takes no time at all. Um, the economic development for Liberty County, all I can say is that not only high schools and colleges, we've been asked to do the U.S. Sailing National Symposium, but we don't have a facility to be able to do that. That would be, bring people from all over the country to our area for them to see what is happening here in Georgia. And there's no other body of water that is good for sailing in our whole coast of Georgia, except this area. A lot of people have said, oh, why don't you come to this river, or that river, or whatever. But the sailing, it, it's a river, but it's a bay of water, and it is phenomenal. And that's why we would love to be there. Um, and then the history of Sunbury. It was one of the first seaports here on this coast. And that's something that, that's very interesting, along with the Olympic legacy. This just shows you some of the sailing centers in the southeast. And as you can see, there's nothing in Georgia except a little community sailing center in Brunswick, which they do a wonderful, wonderful job. But this, it's not a public facility like what we would like to do. And then this, this slide is this slide is primarily um, so Fort Adams up in Newport, Rhode Island. Um, they started, I think, about 25 years ago. And I just put this slide in because I know you guys have a copy of it. They're worth at least looking at. They're doing today what we would love to do in the future. So it's just kind of one of those places that has done a really good job at it. And it just they have just grown and grown and grown. I talked to them today. I talked, I benchmarked with a lot of the, the sailing facilities that you saw on that last slide and I talked with them today and asked if they could get, share with us their economic development numbers. So I'm hoping that I'll have some of that information from them. If they could tell us, you know, how they started and, you know, just give us what it, what it has meant economic, to their economic development. So basically, we would have a business structure. We have a very small board right now, and we are a working board. Um, there's only five of us, and of course, we would add additional board members, and hopefully we would get state and local government people involved as well. Um, we would like to have a certain number of employees, and then our partnerships. So developing a plan is important, and that's why, you know, one of the reasons that we're coming to you all. Um, so in phase one, which is now and next year, we would like to have a landside building, basically on, on the property down there by the public ramp. A building with classrooms, a conference room, locker room, storage, septic area, and boat racks that we could actually conduct a lot of our STEM education, our summer programs, regattas with people coming from all over. Um, we, we will want approval to use the property. We have talked to uh, DNR and um, 
for a written agreement and then obtain the permits that we need with local and state government. And then we want to go after the funds to be able to do this. So basically, we're looking at uh, the Georgia Outdoor Stewardship Act, corporate and individual donors, and then there are, are many STEM education grants that are out there. We took it into a couple more phases just to project for the future. Um, after um, phase one, we'd like to do phase two, which is actual construction of the project and then establish funding for ongoing expenses, um, buildings, boats, um, administrative costs, maintenance, insurance, those things that, are, that a lot of times don't come in the grants when you apply for different things like that. And then the third phase um, is to develop a waterside dock system, putting in a dock that would be handicap accessible, that we would be able to have a lift to be able to put our wounded warriors and disabled um, people into to get in actually into the boats because what we have right now, you know, would not do that. And then a ramp for small sailboats, kayaks, canoes, or or row, rowers. Um, right now we have the one um, dock system for motorboats, and everybody shares the one dock system. Basically, this is our building that um, we've um, proposed. Um, we have made some modifications to it. And just reiterating basically what we want to do is we want this to be a public water sports center for Georgia. We want STEM learning, boat education, sailing, kayaking, and disabled sailing, environmental awareness, and talking about the history and how to revitalize um, the traditions of Sunbury, which is one of the first seaports. Before we take any questions, I want to give you a, a little history of the property down here that we've been using. The property was owned by Gene Brogdon. And he was so gracious. He's always been a, a nautical guy, boater, and what have you. He would volunteer. He would let us use that house, use his dock. He would even let us use his power boat. He was usually, if he could make it, he was there. And um, I did the same. I'm, I'm not a sailor by any way, but I've sure learned a lot by watching those kids. Um, but he was so gracious in doing that. And then the last hurricane, flooded the house and took away the dock. We've still been able to operate. We bring in basically portable restrooms when we have a regatta and things like that. And basically, Gene agreed to sell the property to the state of Georgia for about 25% of what it appraised for. And he wanted this sailing to still continue in doing so. Uh, he had a big heart. He believes in it. He saw what it produced. So with, with that being said, that's where we are today. We've had several discussions with the Department of Natural Resources. Um, they're very interested in this, especially even the STEM education part. We want Liberty County to be a part of this in a very big way. 
through your school system participating or your residents participating. And bef before you, you ask that question, we're not here today asking for any money. We're basically asking to show you this that we have. We've been there, where we are now, and where we want to go. And uh, I served on the CRC board for 10 years. Great organization uh, run by that gentleman over there. And uh, basically, we're going to be applying for a grant. And we think, in our opinion, that if a government entity helps us with that grant, as maybe a flow through or pass through or whatever could be worked out, it would be very beneficial. Um, the community's got a lot to give to get out of this. Uh, and we're going to expand it. And we really want you all to be a big part of it. It's an amenity for every resident here, whether they're a child or they're an adult. And uh, there's nothing else like it. We've gotten so many comments. People come from Charleston. They said, man, this is fantastic. So much better water here than what we're used to. And the people from Lake Lanier come down. They've never had to worry about a tide on Lake Lanier. They've never had to worry about a current. And I remember years ago, many years ago, I was a lot younger. Uh, Johnny Cole, y'all remember him with WTOC? Mm -hmm. I loved his tagline, and I'm going to borrow from it. Kids, get hooked on sailing and not drugs. It really will make an impact on the young people of this community. Thank you very much. And if you have any questions, we'd be more than happy to answer them. Yeah. Do. Let's start with Commissioner Bull and we work our way around. I have some. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I remember about probably seven, eight, ten years ago, I, I met a couple of young ladies down there. Y'all had a dream to do this. They're still young. They're still young. <laughs> Golly, y'all look younger now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Pat. But I do have some concerns about, now this is a fishing community at some barrier. I mean, that's the primary thing. I don't know about the sailboats. I don't know how y'all got plans. I'm going to get to you and answer it. I don't know how, you, how you're going to work this sailing because I don't want to disrupt these people fishing, especially the ramp. You know, it's limited on space. I don't know how that's going to work. I guess y'all got all those things worked out, or you say, hey, we're selling. Y'all deal with it later, because we've been fishing down there for 100 years. Um, the ramp. Now, who's paying for this? Is this private, or is this government, or who's paying for this? Right now, this is private. Who, who bought the the Morgan House, I say Brogdon, used to be the Morgan House. The Who Department of Natural Resources bought it. Who bought it? DNR. D D DNR. DNR bought that. DNR bought it. For this purpose, for y'all. They basically, we went to them with this plan. Yes or no? I mean, they bought it for y'all, for the selling? They bought the whole property, and their, their plan is to expand parking for the general boating public, so that parking area, and I don't think I'm saying anything out of turn, am I, Joey? That's going to be expanded. It's going to take up at least more than half of the land that was purchased by DNR. And also, in a recent meeting with the DNR, there are plans to add another boat ramp lane, make it almost double what it is. 
Now that's probably so DNR purchased this just for the selling for your no, organization. Not, no, not just for our organization. I mean, who owns the the structure? DNR. The structure is gone. The house is gone. The okay. house was basically it was not it wasn't able to be rented. Right. So the DNR demolished the house, and they're in the process. I think now of removing the old pylons and right you know, and what have you, but it was not purchased specifically for us it was purchased two reasons number one it was a very good deal price-wise well it and sounded it, like the house wasn't much to it to begin no, with so but, you, but you're basically buying the land. property you're, you're basically buying that that property yeah. that waterfront property right um we've had no problems with any of the neighbors around there we hold right. these regardless we're very cognizant of the fishermen when we launch our boats I mean, we're probably taking 20 minutes, 25, and then they're out there all day long. So that ramp is open for fishermen to launch their boats and to retrieve the boats. So we've been very cognizant and very polite in doing so. Right. Sometimes if we see them pull up, hey, go ahead before right. we start launching all these. It's a quicker process to launch these sailboats than it is a powerboat. You have little dollies and all these kids, they can launch two or three at a time, and usually we'll have a dozen boats out there sailing. Yeah, and I'm thinking probably sailboats. But right. You're, what, you're talking about 20-foot sailboat or no. shorter? What, shorter than that. 15. Yeah, yeah. Fif 15 feet. Yeah. Okay. And there's, okay. And there's no engine to, to yeah. worry about trying to bring. to kind of work together down there, not yeah. be a confusion. That's what we've done. Right. We have worked together for as yeah. long as we've been down there, we've never had any problem with any right. they, with fishermen complaining <clears throat> at all to us or us, you know, getting frustrated at all. I mean, it, it's it's we've had a, you know, I mean, I'm the biggest I'm the biggest one that's in the in the uh, coach boat, and when I come up alongside, we have that little tiny floating dock to come up alongside with the coach's boat, and there's fishermen on there. And, and they don't actually fish on the dock too much. They do fish some there, but I'm just talking about the people going in and out and trying to get in and out of the ramp. Yeah, we've never had any any crosswords good. or anything. I good. Mean, usually I'm coming That's up great. there, you know, and they're, you know, I'm watching their lines to make sure I'm not going over their line. And, yeah. and nine times out of ten, if, if it's a situation where I can't get alongside, they'll reel theirs in and I'll say thank you yeah. and, you know, get out. And both fishermen are, they're polite. I mean, they're courteous to each I other. And I, and I think what we're proposing to do kind of helps the fishing community because when you have powerboat courses and things of that sort, you know, that helps the young kids kind of learn how to operate a boat on yeah. water that's running. Yeah, learn the markers and how to right. read the, and yeah. Exactly. I, I, don't, I don't think it's us versus them right. or vice versa. I, I really think, I really think we're... You know, when you're a steward of the water, you're a steward of the water. I don't think it matters whether you, you have, <coughs> uh, a, you know, an engine behind you and you're going gotcha. fishing or you're going out for a, a sail. Yeah. And, and yeah, I know y'all been working on it for a while. Yeah, and, and actually a You've had a dream and it's coming, it sounds like it's coming together. Does DNR require you all to have an MOU with them? They are requiring us, yes, to have a M MOU with them, and we will get into some legal arrangement with them to solidify the lease. Yes. 
already discussed that with them. Yeah, okay. I'm kind of like Commissioner Boyle. My, my concern after hearing you present was how you would work with the fishermen so that both, if I may say, communities could be served. Uh, but if you've been successful in doing that thus far, then. How often are you all there? How often would you all, would would you be there? How often would you all be there? Just a, once a month, once a Saturday, once a week? How so if we have a facility uh -huh, uh -huh, there, yeah. probably five or six. Continuously? Okay. Yeah. okay. And the other sure. thing that I do want to bring up as far as working with the people down there is we've had a good relationship with a lot of the neighbors. So when we do regattas and things like that, so that we're not taking up the boaters parking, they allow us to park our vehicles in some of their lots that they have um, up the road. And it's been wonderful. And so- Including um, Sunbury Crafts. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's what I was saying. Most of the fish are people that, they're courteous to each other. Mm -hmm. right. Right. And, yeah. and, and we're very thoughtful of them too. Confusion. Right, right. Well, so we've worked with people. them and they, they're used to it. We have a couple of neighbors that- They have our we, phone numbers. They so. have our phone numbers. They let us know what's going on. Um, you know, we bring them flowers and thank yous and things like that because they've been so right. gracious to us. Um, so it, it's working together. And some of them have actually even come out and helped us with regattas, which has been really fun. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. To have them because, you know, running a regatta, some, you need safety boats. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them are curious as to, wow, this is kind of cool, you know, what's going on? And so we've, we've had a lot of neighbors come down. Yeah, I'd be interested, you mentioned the Rhode Island, I'd be interested in um, hearing that report. <clears throat> you know, uh, I'll, I'll share this with you. Um, th this commission, this, com this county really has been very cognizant about uh, the development of the Midway area, mm -hmm. uh, that part of Liberty County. So I could see where this could fit based on what you tell me that the folk in Rhode Island have done, maybe perhaps that happening in uh, Midway. <coughs> but also being very cognizant of what Commissioner Bowen has said, that everybody's able to work together. Everybody got to work together, yeah. We don't want you to have an adverse effect on, a positive effect on what's gonna go on, on down there. And I did like hearing what you said about working with the school system. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't hear you mention the Chamber of Commerce. That's another body, a group we need to work with also. Because if you're going to promote this, we need to promote it in, in, in the right way. And that's what the, the, the chamber does. So I would recommend. Uh, we didn't mean to leave them out. Yeah, I, I recommend <laughs> that to you. Any recommendations you have for who we need to reach out to yeah. that maybe we're not thinking of mm -hmm. would be very welcome. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, talk just a little bit more uh, grants and, and other funds that's going to be your source of finances. Yes, right. and we are dealing with some foundations, okay. some, some you know private office foundations okay. too, All right. and uh, that was very instrumental in the fort you saw up in Rhode Island. Mm -hmm. They had some very nice uh, donations from people, uh, possibly that, that needed some tax breaks. And since we're a nonprofit, uh, what a better way! Mm -hmm. So uh, we're going after some some of that too. But you know, it, it's been going on there for a while. We don't think we've we've upset any fishermen, mm -hmm. neighbors, but uh, like yeah. I said, it will be more operation. But a lot of that will be classroom. 
basically that building is going to be a, a, a teaching. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that will not, you know, later you'll get the on the water experience, but a lot of that will be a classroom. You won't have, Jerry, there won't be any needs of county services other than basic services as far as? No, sir. I mean, the, you know, the, the restroom facilities were put in. They may need to be expanded later, but they were put in uh, as part of the DNR upgrade. Mm -hmm. uh, county facilities, uh, may, maybe, you know, refuse, trash, pickup, but other, other than that, uh, no, sir. Uh, and on the grant portion, and that's the reason Mr. Burns and those are here, so it's my understanding that uh, the grant that they're interested in going after does have to flow through because of the way they're organized. Uh, the Georgia Stewardship Grant would have to come through a county for administration. So it would have to, you know, actually say go to us, but probably the county would need to, to administer that grant. Um, remind me how much the total phase one project ballpark? Five, 500,000. Oh, 500,000. So the, so the, steal this thunder, the, the minimal amount is they'll go through those grant specifics with y'all. The minimal amount that you can request under the grant is $500,000. Uh, the criteria for the commission, if they desire to apply for the grant on their behalf, would be they would need to cash flow that money uh, up front. It's a re totally reimbursable grant from DNR. So uh, again, probably we would have to have an agreement with DNR too uh, on some aspect of the property in order to be able to, to apply for that grant. We're working through those, working to get those answers. But that's the reason Mr. Burns and those are here with mm -hmm. a couple of quick slides on the grant for you so you can oh, kind of see okay. how that might piece together. Okay. There is a match requirement on that, uh, and, and they propose to cover the match requirement. Okay. So I think what, what they would be seeking is a fact. I'm, I'm already thinking about grant management. Is Alan going to cover that too? Uh, yes. Because I, I can I can hear Kim McLaughlin in my ear saying. <laughs> well, we would, we, yes. I mean, so I think DNR. DNR either either you CRC, or he. I think CRC is talking about applying for that. Again, let them speak. But I think okay. they're talking about applying for that. They'll do one piece of management. We will still have to keep, you know, We'll, we'll have to do the financial mm -hmm. reconciliations and all through here. And there's compensation for that? Uh, no, sir. There wouldn't be any compensation for the financial piece. It would have to be done. There's a grant management probably portion of that DNR grant that would go to an entity for administration. Um, we haven't looked that deep into it, to be quite honest with you. All right, because I'm hearing your finance director talk oh, about Oh, I understand. <laughs> yeah, I understand. <laughs> I'm, I'm hearing that. About too. all these grants she has to manage now and I, I, all I'm, those accounts. I'm into the different weeds of that, and maybe we ought to let them speak all right. on, yeah, on Chairman, those exact grants. I, I guess, uh, Joy, uh, Mr. Chairman, uh, mm -hmm. um, Joy, would our, um, would our recreation department play any role in, in what's going on down there? So, so I think there are opportunities for that. I mean, obviously, to be able to work with the program to encourage the youth of the community to go down there and use that. Uh, you know, once it's up and running, uh, no, sir. I mean, they would, Recreation Department wouldn't have to run or do anything like that. I think it would be more of a feeder system, probably working with the school systems to try to get folks into that program. Okay. Okay. So Mr. Burns, you want to come now? And CRC Executive Director, and I'm mainly here, I want to introduce Eric Landon. Eric is our Planning Director. Eric. I know he's met some of y'all, and Eric's going to go through that, and then we're here to answer any questions y'all may, may have once he goes through this. <coughs> I hate these things, and, um, and then we'll be here to answer any questions. Eric? Hi, I'm Eric. Hi, I know hey, some Eric. of you have helped facilitate help facilitate the retreats that you guys have had the last couple of years. 
Um, and let's see. I'll just run through the basics of the Georgia Please Torture do, Eric, Program. Mm -hmm. um, I think we have a, there's a different slideshow for us, Joey. All right, we're up, we're up and running. So the DNR has an annual grant program uh, that pays for projects like this. Um, it's called the Georgia Outdoor Stewardship Program. Um, the money comes from sales tax on outdoor and recreation equipment. So uh, there's a competitive annual funding cycle for those funds. We don't know how much those funds will be because they haven't yet allocated all those tax revenues. So. Uh, what effect COVID has on it, I'm not exactly sure. But um, to be a, an applicant, you have to be a qualified local government, a state agency, or a certain nonprofit. In this case, Liberty County would be the applicant because you are a qualified local government. So as far as the formal applicant, that would be Liberty County on behalf of the organization. And then, yes, you, the, the, the funding would be cycled through Liberty County. The minimum amount is 500,000. The maximum amount is 3 million. There's a 25% match. And again, this is a reimbursable fund. So the money would have to be designated up front and paid for, and then the DNR would reimburse, oops, sorry, would reimburse those costs. And it's a two-year grant cycle. So you would have to uh, fill all the promises made in the grant application by, year, by the end of year two of your agreement. It's a tight timeline if it's something that you want to pursue. Um, as you can see, the pre-application is due about six weeks from now on October the 16th. And in order to do that, it would take a, a, a large commitment on part of the county. So I uh, just want to make sure that you're aware of this something that you want to pursue. We would love to help you uh, uh, fill out in this application and be a part of the project, um, but, but it would require some, some commitment on your, on your behalf. That's, that's okay. the end of the slides, if you have any Good questions. job. Mr. Chairman. Yes, sir. Go back to what you said about the match, the, the percentage. There's a minimum 25% match. Now, the more match you provide, the more points you get in the grant application. So if it were 50% uh, you would get more, 75% you would get. But the minimum you have to put in is 25%. And that can be uh, cash or in-kind. And I believe Sean... Uh, mentioned earlier in the presentation they, that that was something that their organization they could take care of. They're going to take care of the match. Okay. So, Mr. Chairman, let's say you got a $500,000 grant, and that money would go to do what exactly? I mean, would it go to what? To improve the docks that are for storage or the building? $500,000 if you got that grant, and if the county, you know, were I'll let Sean answer that. Okay. Sean, you're up. We could use that money to build a building and maybe upgrade boats and things of that nature. That so you're working on the boats or you're working on the build building is the main I mean, building. You're not working on the build building is the main structure that, that needs to be built. Yeah, yeah. They need an office and a teaching exactly. but Mm -hmm. Just trying to get this in my mind. Mm -hmm. right. I, I know the location. The structure's gone. You're saying with that money, you would take it to build something for your organization. Right. So nobody else could use it other than what you allow. 
Well, it would be available for use for other people, but it just wouldn't be wide open okay. for the general right. public to I'm come in there. I'm trying to get this in my mind. Yeah. You know, what's going mm -hmm. on? I understand. Mm -hmm. Good deal. Okay. What was this? Was there a square footage on the building, or do you have you gotten that far yet? Where it's uh, seventy by forty, so it's twenty eight hundred. Mm -hmm. The upper floor. Now we'll use the downstairs. It'll be built on a pier system, so the downstairs we could also use. It just wouldn't be an enclosed other than restrooms and showers for when we have mm -hmm. kids there to take, you know, regatta and what have you. And yeah. they. And it would be a two-year cycle, so they have two years to get the building on ground and get yes. it built and that right. type of thing? Correct. There's no doubt. I think that this is uh, something that the area could uh, use and the growth thanks, and Mr. Brown. what it so would bring we, to the We community. would have to front the money? We would, and there's and, and it's, it's retained until project completion. So uh, I, I wouldn't think, again, without digging into the specifics of of the draws and stuff that you can make on the money, I wouldn't think the construction of that building would take an inordinate amount of time. <coughs> There'd be some things that would go on with the site where it would have to be improvements and all. <coughs> all in total, I mean, what are you thinking of? A year for construction? Uh, you could probably do it even less than that. Okay. Yeah. So, 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 I think you'd cash flow the money for a year, okay. probably year and year and a few months to get it cleared out. Mm -hmm. and, and, I, and I think probably if you decide you want to do that, you know, what we would do is obviously say out of the recreation fund, but in the splash side, mm -hmm. not necessarily out of recreation, we, we, would, we would use that splash money that, that could be used for that because mm -hmm. uh, it's recreation-based uh, to be able to float that or, or general fund proceeds. I mean, you know, it's just up to the board what it wants to do there. Okay. October 16th is your... All right, we need to we need to ponder this fairly quickly then if we're gonna make this happen. Um, let's see, when can we get the economic impact analysis back from the folk in? Yeah, I'm wondering. You know, we have a mid month meeting, Jerry. How does it work for you? And um, do we need anything more from Alan and his group? That's that's not a. Is that too soon? Um, you're going to help with the application, so we don't have to do all that paperwork. So, so either we look at mid-month September, the first meeting in uh, ah, October. That's really pushing it. We would we would mm. definitely need to be able to, to be running by mid-month. Yeah, two weeks basically. Some of the application yeah. exhibits do require action of this board, though. Uh, for for instance, there's a resolution as part of the application, and a financial commitment letter, and uh, some other paperwork as far as like. <coughs> budgets and that type of thing, which Sean and his folks could probably handle, but uh, there are some required exhibits from this, from the applicant, which would be the county. And so if we're thinking about the 16th and we're putting all this in the head right now, but you know, if the board wanted to and felt comfortable, certainly could do whatever they want to do tonight, but if not on the mid-month calendar, then those other things actually are due at time of pre-app. And so we could actually do those in the first meeting in October. Mm -hmm. Any kind of board action that was required just mm -hmm. got to go with a submittal mm -hmm. uh, and have that done at that time. I so. feel more comfortable doing that. Yeah, yeah. yeah that consensus of this board, just take a little extra. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it sounds real good. Sounds real good. I can see where we, uh, if I may say, a blessing to the county and to, and to you all. But I'd just like a little more time without just rushing right in into it. Um, so let's try to um, bring it back for our uh, first meeting, first Tuesday in October.
All right. But anything you can get to us before that time, please get it to okay. uh, to Mr. Brown. Well, yes, I think, Mr. Chairman, we probably come back if the board could go ahead and take action by resolution in, in the mid-month. Okay. Or, or state its desires in okay. the mid-month at least either okay. way. Right. Uh, and then that way gotcha. we got time to get the economic gotcha. analysis. Okay. we got those times to get that out. We can actually run some more details on the grant, have some specific target dates. I'd really like to establish some milestones okay. uh, that go along with those submissions. Right. And, and I don't want to do anything. You know, sounds good, but I don't want to do anything to adversely impact our operations either. So. No, sir. And then we'll reach out also to DNR uh, to talk about the specifics of whether we've got to actually take title to the property, mm -hmm. although it be briefly or through the duration of the building or how mm -hmm. that's going to work. Uh, sometimes they require that, that the recipient be the be, be a title to or have a lease agreement. Okay. So. All right. Any other questions from the Any other questions from the commission? All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Sure appreciate it. Appreciate it. Everybody got their marching orders? All righty. Proposal HVAC East End Complex. Mr. Mosley. Mr. Chairman, members of the board, uh, back in early spring, one of the uh, units, one of the units went out at the East End Mr. Center. He, uh, some, is somebody on the phone? Um, or you could just stand up here and. Yes, sir. We yeah, can, he, I can't hardly hear you. Mr. Chairman and members of the board, mm -hmm. um, back in April, one of the big units at the East End went out, and uh, Mr. Martin had to rent a unit to be there for our elections. And so we sent this project out to bid. We've actually had to do it on three separate occasions, and uh, basically I kind of big some folk. Um, a couple of the people had bid it on the Schumann Center, and we were able to get three um, RFPs. If you look on the attachment, uh, those were Mark Plumbing and Mechanical out of Savannah, the site company out of Statesboro, and Coastal Cooling here in um, Allenhurst. Um, three of us, we reviewed the project, and uh, you'll notice the, the bid prices there, Mark, was 46880 site company 518622 and Coastal Cooling at 35000 We reviewed them according to the criteria, and based on the highest score of 8133 committee would like to recommend to the board to award this contract to Coastal Cooling of Allenhurst, Georgia, uh, this contract. You, one thing I can say, you're not the highest score on everything. <laughs> 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 they got better. Tapered yourself down there a little bit, didn't you? Y'all beat Joey, uh, uh, Jerry up, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, this uh, Coastal Cooling, Mr. Brown, have we done business with them before? Ms. Mosley, you may know this is from your eval. Have we done business with Coastal Cooling? I know we have, yes, sir, and it's been very favorable. Very favorable? Uh -huh. And there's a great difference in that bid. Y'all notice that? I did. That's quite a bit different. I want to make sure that they're able to do the work. Is this the Schumann Center or East End? East End. East End. said Schumann Center, and I was They had worked there before. They used Go ahead. We were saying, Commissioner, that when we were, we had, this was actually the third time we put this project out to bid, and some of the vendors who had bid on the Schumann Center, I asked them to come back and bid on this project. He's trying to get some help. Yes, sir, because we weren't getting any bids on it. And which facility is this one for? This is actually to replace that the broken HVAC unit down at the East End Center, East End Center. the community center down there, the large room, the big the room, room down the there. meeting room. I guess. Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. And I will tell you, Mr. Chairman, uh, note the difference in those. Um, the 
mechanical engineer's estimate for this project was in line with coastal coolings. Really? So I think the others are just high. Just high. They really are. All right. Okay. You better jump on it then. Make a motion. Chair, intend a motion. Yeah, I make a motion that we entertain a contract with coastal cooling, thirty-five thousand to replace the unit at the East End complex. There's a second. Second. Motion second. Do we? Approve the bid from Coastal Cooling in amount of $35,000 made by Commissioner Stevens, second by Commissioner Smith. Uh, motion meeting on the floor. Is there any discussion? Uh, this red this red numbers, is that a red flag or is that just letting you know that's the lowest bid? Yes, I've never seen that before, Mr. Brown. He just made it. That's the red flag that it is the lowest. <laughs> it's the recommended. Okay. All right. All in favor, raise your right hand. Those opposed. All right. Put coast school into work. How soon will they be able to get started, Mr. Brown? Commissioner Stevens, we'll have to touch base with them. They indicated, I believe, on their process, did they have 60 days? Yes, I mean, it not only was the cheapest, it was the shortest. So I think the biggest lead time is going to be just getting that unit on hand and the crane rental that's required to place it. Okay. We'll double check and I'll let you, we'll let you know. That's fine. <clears throat> Personnel policy change. Yes, sir. This is uh, precipitated by the 24-hour shift for your firemen uh, on how they accrue uh, accrued monthly and, and yearly leave. It, it is ratio-wise, without walking through the calculations, consistent with how the base on full-time starts. So, you know, we went through a lot of process there with Laura and, and, and Joseph and I to look at how that base started to, to have a consistent mannerism. That's kind of complicated to say. Mm -hmm. We took full-time eight hours and we expanded it to 24 based on the same ratio. 168 hours, how many weeks is that? Mm -hmm. Four, four weeks. Uh, 40. Uh, huh? That's 40, 40. 40 hours in a regular week. Yeah. 40. 40, 40, 40, 40. 40. 40 some. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's about six That's weeks. Not a lot. Well, so, so here's the deal. It, I'm not going to say it's not so much about weeks, but it's about the shifts they work. And so as you look. Paid? Sir? Do they not get paid? Uh, they do. Okay. They, they, they do. I'm just making sure. No, no, I understand. I, no, no, it's, it's a good question. Is that those shift hour people, for instance, even on a 12 hour shift, you know, they get more than the eight hours because in order for them to earn a shift off, it costs them it costs them more to take a shift off than than the eight hour people, obviously. So so what it really equates to, if you're talking about six weeks, it's only an average of, you know, what, a couple of shifts. Yeah, it's like seven shifts a year. They can only be away from work. Guess not a lot. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. That's what? Seven shifts off a year is not a lot. It's, it's really seven. Yeah, it's really, yeah, it's, it's really seven day. It's really seven of their work days off is all it is. Yeah. It's one of their weeks mm -hmm. per year yeah. is what it is. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about these mm -hmm. other people working. I don't know what our regular <coughs> county employees get. It, it, Yes, sir, that is, hours. I, I've struggled for a way to explain it and you hit it. What we were after is to be equal. And so your eight hour people, this table gives them one week off per year. Your 12 hour people for them, 
one week a year. This table for 24-hour people gives those people a week a year. So they're all consistent. Okay. Mm -hmm. That was very important. I'm, the way you put it is perfect. All right. You need us to vote on that, sir? You approve yes, that? sir, please. Okay. Mr. Chairman, I make a motion we approve the annual leave revision. Mm -hmm. for, for, for the 24-hour shift, first. For the 24-hour shift. Second. Second. Second, we approve the 24-hour shift annual leave as presented. <clears throat> Is there any discussion? All in favor, raise your right hand. Those opposed? All right, sir. Resolution of the CARES Act. We've heard a lot about that lately. Yes, sir. So uh, I think y'all are aware we, we were able to get the second 70% into the hopper. And at some day, I will, we will tell you about all the heartache that I know Ms. <laughs> McLaughlin went over a little bit that cities and counties faced in trying to be able to apply. But we did do that. This is a housekeeping item. It's required as part of that process of, of receiving and keeping the funds that we adopt a resolution authorizing their receipt. And that, that amount that we have received is $1,021,303 as reimbursement for COVID-related expenses. You trying to find if we want to keep it or not? Make a motion we approve the resolution for CARES Act. Motion and second, we approve the resolution for CARES Act. Thank you guys for the hard work on that um, process. I can tell from a lot of information that a lot of counties were really struggling cities with that whole What's the amount, Joy? What did you say? Uh, $1,021,303 is the total that we were able to draw down. It's that was allocated print on that gear. Okay. All, right, all in favor, raise your right hand. Opposed? Thank you, sir. ACCG voting delegate. Yes, sir. It's uh, time that time again. of year again. Of course, all of it's happened in virtuality now. Um, to be able to vote on the 2021 policy agenda, the board just needs to designate someone to uh, be that person and it will need to be voted on computer-wise virtually okay. I know sometimes Commissioner Stevens you've done that or you it's either been you or Mr. Brown so I'm, I'm open to as long as we have a, a delegate you want to do it mayor you do it okay, okay. Uh, need a motion yes sir yes sir please mm-hmm Chair, I make a motion that we, um, Commissioner Stevens, serve as the ACC voting delegate. Okay. Is there a second to that motion? Second. Motion and second. We have Commissioner Stevens to serve as the ACCG voting delegate. Any further discussion? All in favor? Opposed? Commissioner Bowen, you voted in favor? I know you did. Okay. All right. Any announcement before we go into executive session? Uh, just that uh, Island Station continues to be on track. Uh, windows are supposed to be delivered. It'll be climatized. Uh, overhead doors are supposed to be delivered this week. Finally got the uh, main switch boxes in, which were back ordered because of COVID. So all that's in place. It's still right on schedule to be completed. And we have started to put out the bids or will tomorrow for some Lake George Station renovations that are necessary to hold the sleeping crew down there. And then when we hire those next shifts, they will go into that station. All right. I apologize. My schedule <coughs> did not allow me to attend the uh, ribbon cutting. I'll invite all those people a, a visit. And I'm going to go get a little tour of the station at my earliest convenience. So thank you all for covering for me for that. Thank you, those of you who were able to go. Nothing else for good order? 
Chair, entertain a motion to go out of regular session into executive session for personnel. So moved. Second. 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 All in favor? We're now going to executive session to discuss personnel.
Okay, go. Go. Go ahead. Chair, take the motion to come out of executive session in the regular session. So moved, Mr. Chairman. Is there a second? Second. Second. All in favor? With nothing to report. Chair, take the motion to adjourn. All right. So I'll see y'all. I'm second. going out to the side, though. All in favor. Bye. Bye. See y'all later.